75th birthday today. And crazy. I'll, I don't want to say old, but how aged everybody's getting. It's just wild. Being yeah. my age, having grown up with the music, they were already old when you started listening to it 20, 30 years ago. Right, but just thinking about how, you know, some of these people are high up there, but they're still doing stuff, and it's very inspirational to see that they're doing what they love to do, you know? That- that's the amazing part is how how good they still are. It's kind of mind-blowing. Even if they have to change the keys sometimes for the vocalists, I don't care, you know. Um, it, it's really interesting. It's great to see everybody active who is still active from the era of the 60s and 70s and even the 80s now. Yeah, the 80s are kind of feeling really old now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um so for this episode, I came up with this idea that, hey, since Patrick's turning 75, we should call it Patrick Mraz Live 75. And that's a good um, excuse for revisiting stuff like QPR, you know, the yeah. live 1975 at QPR concert. We have some um, great QPR stuff that we'll show in a bit. But first, let's talk about patrick yeah. and well from that tour yeah but yeah, yeah his music and what he brought to yes and all of that uh where do you want to start well first off this was something i was thinking about was how you know there's not a yes lineup that's well okay so i'm trying to make sure i get all my wording correct so i think relayer is the only album that you know obviously it's the only album patrick Mraz is on the only yes studio album and i think he's the only member who's only been on one yes studio album that's correct because like even trevor horn you know even if you um leave out return trip he's still saying a little bit on 90125 and you also got jay doing percussion on the quest even if he wasn't a full member and you know igor and open your eyes so um, He's certainly for... the only full contributor that's on only one album. Yeah, but this is something we talk about. Like for someone who is only on that one album, he still left such a mark within the band and in Prague for that matter, because Relayer is such a legendary album. Yeah, and there's there's actually a lot of angles to that. And folks, by the way, chime in and let us know where you're watching from and let us know what you think of Patrick's music with Yes, without Yes. We'll get into some of his other work as well but the interesting thing about his work with yes is like he said he's only on one album he had so much effect on that one album that it sounds different from everything they had ever done even though the other four members were on the previous uh not counting yes songs one album i guess (laughs) yeah i was just like but yeah it does feel like um alan was there for much longer but then you think about it it's like oh yeah he was only just one studio album before right but but still yeah then moving forward there's nothing that sounds like oh that's got some more as influence no nothing does except the album he's on and i think that that goes to show what a huge mark like you said he 
made on the band and their music. And what's interesting to me is when you listen to the studio version and maybe even more so the live versions of the Relayer tour, whether it's the replications of those three songs on the album and the other stuff that they did that Pat did not play on. Where was I going with this? Oh, um, the, la <laughs> the latitude that they gave him on the sounds he used and his own style for like Close to the Edge and You and I and stuff like that. It's, it's just so different that I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know why, surprised that they said, yeah, just, just be you. Now, normally you would kind of expect that, but just be you to Patrick Moraz was so different from anything else they had. And, and just that fusion effect that he had, you know, on, on the band. The only other person I could think of that might have had the same type of effect, and I'm not really comparing agility or ability, but just style-wise a little bit, would have been if Jan Hammer joined Yes. Mm. You know, that's probably the only other keyboard player I could think of that would have had such a profound difference only on that album, not moving forward, because he could have left and they could have got someone else and carried the theme of that on and they said no we're gonna leave that one stone there that's it and i think that's interesting yeah because i think the reason uh they didn't keep him for going for the one was that the rest of the band wanted a different direction and patrick's sound wasn't quite what they were feeling at the time and you know patrick also talked about in an old quote like some pressures within the band so it's kind of interesting oh, really? how yes yeah, <laughs> how they have that sound on Relayer, and then, you know, a couple years later, they're like, you know what, we're going to go in this direction, which, you know, happens in music. But sure. um, Patrick looks back fondly on the legacy that he has with Yes and, you know, and, cheers and him on when he can. it's interesting that the legacy is from one album and one tour. But there's another interesting trivia question that really was birthed on this show that someone would only know if they either watched this show or someone told them who learned it from this show. And do you know what that might be? Um, I'm not sure, but okay. I I'm ready to hear it and perhaps correct it if need be, depending <laughs> on what it is. <laughs> Steve's used to that. No, no, no. This will not be a correction. Okay. So not only did Patrick only play on this one yes album, but this album cover by Roger Dean was voted most liked most amount of times in our own poll that we did leading up to a Roger Dean birthday. And on that show, it got the most votes. And that uh, that's in it itself is an interesting tie to their sixth member. You know, if you don't count Eddie Offord, Brian Lane or Alex Scott or any of the management, but really Roger Dean would be the sixth member and it happens to be the most voted for album cover that he did for yes yeah it I couldn't remember the numbers but it was definitely high up there it's a favorite it's just striking it fits that gates of delirium theme um and yeah relayer is probably my second favorite yes album still um right behind tales yeah. um so yeah and you kind of touched on it, the, the sort of things that Patrick did a bit differently on some of the songs live. And it's kind of surprising, but also kind of not when you remember that 
Rick Wakeman did his own take on some of the Tony K stuff. But That's um true. yeah, but rewatching the QPR concert was a nice chance to, you know, I was watching it, you know, taking it in again, but paying closer attention to Patrick and he looks like he's like having a great time. You know, you catch him like smiling and stuff during stuff like Sound Chaser, uh, Sweet Dreams, Ritual. Um, what were some of the quirks of how he played certain bits in that concert that you noticed? One of the first things is, um, and this isn't really a spoiler, but in Close to the Edge, which is the first song following Firebird Suite, that whole instrumental beginning, the way he's literally just hammering at the organ, you know, the parts where Rick would have been going, and he's going literally like he's playing some crazy operatic piano, you know, part. I thought that was interesting. Um, and, and the way he used the organ w was reminiscent of the original studio version, but at the same time was even more exaggerated in his own style, little things like that. Um, his solo takes, or rather his take on the solos that Rick would have done, like in, and you and I, and close to the edge, um, clearly he infused his own style but still maintained a certain level of integrity to the original version. It's not, not like he went like, what is he playing? It doesn't go anything <laughs> like, you know, it's not like that, but it's certainly a, a different style. Uh, plus, I think he has the thickest hair and eyebrows in prog music. <laughs> yeah, you, possibly. What, you? what did you notice? Yeah, well, during Close to the Edge, um, at the beginning of that final section, Seasons of Man, you know, there's a bit where you know, if the instrumental bit, he sounds like he is playing something kind of reminiscent of Sound Chaser, kind of like that, doo -doo 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 -doo, like kind of yeah. fusion-esque. And um, that was like, huh, I'm not sure that I ever noticed that before. And then you get stuff like, um, like on Sweet Dreams, you know, he adds his own flair on the keys, you know, and, you know, on the original album, Time and a Word, Sweet Dreams always felt kind of plain to me compared to the other material on that album. Yeah. But in the live setting, like here and songs from Songas, they've really managed to bring I love that, that version. song. That's my favorite version. Life. Yeah, like br bring more energy to it than on that. Um, and, um, I think there is also another bit on Close to the Edge where the the frequency on one of the bits sounded a bit different from what we're used to. So again, there are bits like throughout this concert where he kind of does more of his own thing. Yeah. And Let it made me wonder if like he asked if he could do it or if they like heard him play it and then were like, oh yeah, let's go with that type thing. I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they welcomed that departure from where they had just come from, you know, kind of like re rebooting their identity in a way, which they certainly did. They may have over even corrected or, or even overcorrected. But before we go to comments and before we go down the track list of the QPR show and basically that tour, I want to show a montage of Sound Chaser from that. And then I have a comment about the whole QPR audio. Okay. And um, well, before you do that, let me read a comment that just came in uh let's see eli golden says tuning in from ohio 
And Peter Damore says, hi, guys. Uh, and this is a quote from Chris Squire that uh, Peter's sharing. A Swiss rock musician probably plays very well in time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Chris yeah. also had said regarding Pat's departure, there's a few different stories on that. I'm sure it's somewhere in the middle. But Chris at one point had said he just stopped showing up and returning calls. Huh. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think there was a point where Rick was like that as well. I think prior to drama. So yeah. uh, interesting. Yep. All right, here we go. Some sound chaser from QPR. Check this out, folks. We'll be right back in just a bit. refreshing interesting so yeah so uh, i think you might have introduced that as qpr right when you and meant i, three I layer tour. yeah i misspoke yeah. i will talk so, about qpr but that's from uh june yeah. 23rd of 1975 yeah that was in long beach and funny enough that was uh my mom's birthday that day yeah so, absolutely yeah. um so that was um from that concert and this person on youtube named head gilboa uh, edited, synced, and mastered the audio against these snippets from that show. So really cool stuff. Yeah, and Q going back to QPR, it's a great show to watch. It's it's fairly legendary. The audio is <laughs> absolutely horrendous. It's the only recording I've ever heard where the maraca is as loud as the lead guitar or where the synthesizer <laughs> solo is eight times louder than everything else. I mean, there's so many things out of whack 
yet with that, it's still so enjoyable. And in a way, it almost helps you hear their impeccable playing more on those various instruments. But um, that was Steve's uh, how that was Steve's that was Steve Howe's more Telecaster focused album. And he played the Telecaster live on more songs than just that album with that sound that he used on Relayer. So it wasn't just Patrick's change of sound to the other songs, but Steve's as well. He carried that Relayer sound into some of their other songs. Um, so if you're not familiar with it, you got to check it out. Um, let's, I'm going to yeah. go through the set list of what that tour was and certainly QPR. It was Firebird Suite and a Sound Chaser. Then it was Close to the Edge. Then To Be Over, which is such a beautiful song. Yeah, what and an amazing like contrast. group of songs to open with, right? Oh, yeah, because then you go from To Be Over back into an epic, The Gates of Delirium. Then um, my favorite song, All Good. I've Seen All Good People <laughs> in Your Move. I'm teasing. Uh, to me, that's yeah, they like do the, the acoustic world that, of the Yes yeah. catalog. <laughs> um, then we've got Long Distance Runaround Acoustic. Then the clap. Patrick's awesome on the clap. <laughs> and then we've got And You and I. And then Ritual. Um, great, great rendition of Ritual by everybody. Roundabout, which sounds kind of weird. Uh, Sweet Dreams. <laughs> and Yours is No Disgrace. But it's it's great stuff. What a what like you use the word legacy. I don't know if anyone's ever left such a legacy from their work with one band from playing on just one album and one tour. I can't think of anybody. Yeah, with Ritual, I had forgotten before this rewatch that in the beginning, uh, John sings uh, "Out in the City" part from the Remembering. So that oh, was right. a nice surprising reminder there. Yeah, um, but. Going back to how Patrick sort of changes little bits here and there, it's very interesting because, you know, with the Yes concert, when, when with Yes music, when it's performed live, some of us can get a little picky about how we want to hear it. You know, I, I think you and I, pun intended, kind of get in a little bit of a fit when the middle bit of Roundabout is omitted, unless it's that acoustic version from Songas, which was yeah. bluesy and actually worked. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's just wait. nuts. Like, why would you cut that out? It's only an extra two minutes of music or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really fascinating the way, you know, it's kind of like, how do you know where the fine line is between changing something up a little bit and playing it how people want to remember it? So it's, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. It was just some observation that I had. So um, you had put in a note regarding Patrick and the way he dressed and whether or not it was a conscious decision to dress in, in their vein. And I'm going to say probably um, none of them, well, other than Chris maybe walked around town like that. Um, <laughs> and I doubt Patrick did. So I, I think he slid into the yes persona as far as the visual aspect, you know, what do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I'm just kind of curious about whether he decided on his own or if maybe other band members suggested it, but I do think it was a conscious decision to try dress like the rest of the band because you see what he wears in other places, especially like in 
recent years like you know maybe he'll have like a hawaiian shirt or something right. and Either that, that would have a blazer and a collared shirt yeah and that would have stood out in something like this concert so he does not feel like a fish out of water uh pun intended the way he's and we'll dressed get to here. that but you know what in all reality um sometimes and i don't know if this was going on back then but sometimes um people are told these are the guidelines of how to dress this is the mm -hmm. dress code um, the Leave It video, they didn't just all show up with men in black outfits by accident, <laughs> you know. Um, you don't know this, but back around the time you were born, yeah, right around then, I was, um, when AOL had Instant Messenger, I became a little friendly with um, Rob Halford of Judas Priest, and he was gonna, he was doing his own thing, and I was messaging with him from time to time, and he said he was looking for a drummer, must have tattoos, must be shaved, must wear leather. Like he had, this is the look we want. So you never know. Yeah. When I uh, when I showed up at the door, when I was in Opus One, a progressive band folks in the 80s, I showed up at the door for rehearsal the first time I cut my hair. And the, the bass player opened the door, looked at me for a minute, and he slammed the door. Like it didn't, <laughs> it, in his mind, it didn't fit. You know, I looked to Duran Duran. And at the time, that was the polar opposite of what we were doing you know so so you never know you never know right and um i have something else in that vein but first i'll read this comment uh adam sears from obeyed scarp says happy birthday patrick adam. and says hey guys uh hey adam um but yeah you have a good point about how with some bands it kind of feels like there's a uniform i feel like maybe in recent years that has loosened up oh at least a bit and yes although when Benoit joined the band, there were some times when I noticed it kind of felt like he was dressing similarly to John. And you and I have talked about this, and well, I think and, your and take John was Davidson as well. Yeah, and I think your take was um, he wasn't necessarily trying to emulate John, like how John dresses, but trying to wear what he thinks conveys the spirit of yes music from a singer's perspective. Yeah, you could sense. say it's 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 a uniform to a degree right yeah but there were times when he wore an outfit that looked really nice that wasn't um like something john would wear i think it was like a green blazer or something so that's because he thought, had just won a yeah. golf tournament oh, just <laughs> kidding <laughs> um yeah and i forget did you ever meet patrick or i did twice uh the first time I'm trying to think which came first. Maybe they're around the same time. So Alex was born. Okay, so the first time was your brother. So the first time was backstage or really in the Forum Club at the LA Forum during the Union Tour. I met him there where all the band members and their families and other people were, and he was tooling around. And I met him about two years later because Alex was in a stroller, and I went to a... West LA Music, um, which was a big music store in West LA at the time, at the airport, at the Hilton Airport in LA. And Pat Pat was there and I met him again there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I, I just gotta like mention again, you know, his solo in the QPR concert, um, you know, excerpts that would end up on Story of I. It just sounds so him, you yeah. know. And it's done 
like he plays so well and you really get the flavor of what his music is like and we covered that folks in our uh solo series of yes members and it's a great album and I'm going to throw some pictures up which is different than throwing up I'm going to throw some pictures <laughs> up of Pat while we're doing this through the years there he is with a guitar yeah see what else we got and then we'll read some uh, are there any other comments you want to read while I'm doing this um I see we have a few on here um like I don't see any live comments at the moment apart okay. from what we've already read so yeah the classic one from the tour all right and after we read those comments uh we'll also talk about the announcement that came out recently about yeah. Pat's, and his other really work cool. as well yeah there he is with jeff and steve steve either was tired or the <laughs> light was bright or he blinked Right, and this was posted um, on the Yes Facebook page, like the official page. So uh, apparently it was backstage at Foxwoods Resort Casino in 2017, according to this. So, yeah, it's a really nice group pick there. Yeah, I got a couple more. I like this one. Hey, win a trip to Las Vegas with Patrick Moraz. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that one looks like yeah We're that's from on. the yes fan fest performance where he guested with a band uh, five years ago for their 50th anniversary celebration in philly what did he play uh he played soon but i think he also did like um prior to the actual yes performance he did like uh some of his uh, he played um best years of our lives from story of i that i know for sure yeah and he was also part of the sort of roundtable Q&A with Yes present and former members um, at that event. So that was really cool. And he seemed really energetic when I watched that video of that Q&A. So you know like how grateful and passionate he is about all this. That's cool. Yeah, I see Dave Watkinson is watching and he uh -oh. says hi. So yeah. Okay, straighten up. <laughs> hey, Dave. All right. Let's read some fan mail. You want to start with Eric? Yeah. Eric Mandelow says, I met Patrick in San Francisco at a late night Chinese restaurant in North Beach. I went to say hi and he motioned me to join him. We had a great, although a bit off the wall conversation. I so. would love to know about what. <laughs> I mean, talk about leaving an open loop. Let us know what that was about. Right. Um, um, and then we got Marlon Cherry who says, Love the Bruford Moraz projects and his playing on Chris Squire's Fish Out of Water is fantastic as well. I agree. I love the work he did with Bill Bruford. I saw the show after their second album, just piano and drums at the Beverly Theater. It was great. Um, and of course, his work with uh, Chris on Fish Out of Water is, is great. Absolutely. Yeah, it was cool that they got him on that and on Steve Howe's beginnings. You yeah. know, people were guesting on like their solo albums and that was a really cool thing. Yeah. Rick Harrison says, happy birthday, Patrick. I love his work with Yes, the solo work and collaborations. Nice. Want to um, talk about so, the announcement? Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if there was anything else you wanted to bring up, but we can go into the announcement. Okay. Uh, so this came out on the 16th, so about a week ago. 
this is from Prague Stock, and they said, exciting news, Patrick Moraz joins the lineup for Prague Stock 2023 and hosts an exclusive event for patrons and Prague producers. Um, so from what I can tell, people can buy a ticket from this link, which I'll put in the comments, progstock.simpleticks, that's with an X, dot com. And Progducer is like a higher tier. So it's it costs a bit more and people who get that one will be able to go to this. Um, uh, well, do, do you want to read through like yeah. some of the stuff that's on the schedule? Yeah, the current three-day schedule that starts Friday, October 6th of this year, 2023. Uh, 1.30 Unbelievable Experience with Patrick Moraz for Producers Only. Uh, then at 5 p.m., uh, I don't remember where this is so i don't know what that local time is but then they've got oh added- so this is um i actually got this uh, at the williams center in rutherford new jersey. jersey okay so that's eastern u.s time um ad astro followed by travis larson band then the mahavishnu project i'm not sure if that's a tribute band or includes any of the members from the mahavishnu orchestra i think it's a cover band that i've seen in fact i think jason mentioned them about he and I having um on the Drum Talk TV show, um, um, tribute, tribute to, to the, the tributes. tributes. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> Jinx. You owe me a pop. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't drink pop. Then Saturday, October seventh, we've got new album party with uh, Mile Marker Zero, then Azio Lacry, then Ran- Oh Randy McStein followed by Matt Dorsey band, then Rachel Flowers followed by Dave Kersner band. Wow, that's a heavy day Saturday. I'd love to see that. Um, then on Sunday the 8th, you've got Listen, Meet and Greet with Space Junk is Forever. Um, <laughs> Dave Bainbridge <laughs> and Sally Manier is after that. Then Mystery, then Patrick Mraz, followed by Unitopia. That's a really neat three-day thing. That middle day, that's there's some great stuff there. Randy McStein, Matt Dorsey Band, Rachel Flowers, the Dave Kirstner Band. Uh, maybe we'll have Dave on ahead of that, have him on again yeah that could be cool yeah um so do you have like any well i I don't know like if there's like a lot we can guess from based on like what we're most familiar with but what do you think patrick's set might include i think i'm guessing when i say i'm sure i'm pretty sure he would play the proverbial soon but I'd love to see him play with a band and do like a medley of some of Gates, some of Sound Chaser, the solo from To Be Over, you know, kind of put something together like that. And of course, it'd be great to hear him do stuff from his solo album that we love so much. Um, beyond that, I, I don't know. But what do you think? Yeah, I think he'll probably play soon. Um, it'd be cool if he also includes at least some of Sound Chaser because that feels very him. Yeah, and you know I love Story of I obviously, and I I need to do like a deep dive of his further solo albums because I'm sure there's some great stuff he could sort of sample from those, and it could be a nice gateway for people not as familiar with his solo material. So I'll throw one thing out there: I'd love to see, I'd love to see Billy Sherwood be a surprise guest, and him with a band and Patrick do Hold Out Your Hand. In honor of Chris. Oh, that would be cool. That yeah. would really be great. Just yeah. saying, Billy. Let me text him right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it's really nice that um, 
Krogstog got him for this. And, uh, you know, P Patrick, and it's part of it is thanks to Relayer, but he's a great musician in his own right, of course. But Relayer really made him known in yeah. Prog circles, I think. Well, you know, I was going to say, I think it's interesting that he's not exactly in the mainstream public eye as far as music, but over these last, I don't know, 10 years or so, he's been kind of crowd surfing these events, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's popping up here, popping up there. I think it's great. Yeah. I think Tony K did that as well at um, some prog event recently. So it's always fun when that happens. You like see the familiar face and you're like, Oh wow, it's you type thing. They should do a, a special cruise dedicated to him called cruise chaser cruise chaser <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um I, I know this is a little bit well did you have anything else to say about this before i mentioned no, something uh, it looks great it, gosh it's tempting to go but there's so many things surrounding drum talk tv around that time that i don't know how feasible it is but you and i'll talk about it. wouldn't that be neat to go to that'd be really cool go for all three days can't just right. go for one day <laughs> i'm pretty sure i can get us the day off right it would be I a mean, work related trip so yeah so it, it would be cool but again because of our schedules but we'll we'll see we'll we'll talk um yeah. but sort of in the vein of Prague, i know this is a little bit off topic but i kind of want to mention it since uh, i i think you and i uh talked a little bit about it recently there's this announcement of um uh, john wetton a tribute concert that's going on in august i believe yes um yeah so let me just pull up the details if i remember correctly that's in england right or is it um, back in pa yeah it's at the trading it's being held by trading boundaries okay. over near uckfield east sussex uh and trading boundaries you know they have the roger dean stuff uh, so this is called an extraordinary life celebrating the music of john wetton featuring the Paul Green Rock Academy. So that'll be between their gigs with John Anderson. Although I'm not sure that John Anderson will yeah. be at this, but who knows? Um, and then it also there, this, right? huh? Rick Wakeman's going to be part of that. Um, I don't see his name here. I'll, I'll just blow through the names real quick. Okay. Chris Braid, Roger Chapman, Mel Collins, Jim Cregan, David Cross, Roger Dean, Chris Difford, Jeff Downs, Steve Hackett, Annie Haslam, Dave Kilminster, Phil Manzanera, John Mitchell, Martin Orford, Guy Pratt, Jay Shellen, Billy Sherwood, Rick Wakeman, Harry Whitley, and Lori Wisefield. Rick Wakeman, like I said. Okay, yeah, you're right. I was right. just looking uh, up Lisa's post about it because I remember okay. reading, but yeah. Yeah, and hosted by Jerry Ewing, um, plus special guests. So, yeah, interesting. Um, so Ooh, that's very exciting guest could be maybe Carl Palmer, Jeff Downs. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Downs is already advertised, but yeah, it would be cool for Carl. But to... maybe he'll come out again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or his clone or I don't know, but yeah. So all that is to say like between that and Prague stock and uh, like some other events coming up, like it's great to see that Prague is very much alive and celebrating like all these people and like it's just such a great genre and it's really cool seeing how connected a lot of the musicians are yeah 
Absolutely. And a great honor to John. Well, oh, I wonder if they'll make a DVD of that. That'd be great. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, oh, Adam Sears just commented again uh, saying, uh, oh, he has a pick uh, taken on Cruise V Edge 2017, along with another favorite keyboardist of his, Rio ok uh, Okumoto. Uh, sorry, I almost misread that. So, yeah, I'll, I'll try to... Is that Japanese it, for Rick Wakeman? No. <laughs> I'm teasing. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a really cool pick, Adam. Um, yeah, so thanks for sharing that in the comments. Um, but yeah, Patrick seems like a very friendly guy, you know? Like, looking back, you know, when I was a kid and I watched the QPR concert and listened to Relay or looked at the photos, I guess I kind of had this idea that you know, unless I see these musicians in interviews, I kind of just assumed they were kind of stoic and serious. But watching interviews later on and some other things, like evidently, no, Patrick was very exuberant and like a really fun person to talk to from the looks of it. In a way, it matches his music in a way, you know. Yeah, like it can get wild and really out there, which is really fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I still just want to reiterate that the one album he was on and what a mark that is left on lots of things. You know, we talked about the album cover, um, the fact that it's one of the biggest things he's known for. And it was one album with that band. It's a lot of people's favorite Yes album that are into the progressive stuff. It's certainly... You know, arguably, if you look at Close to the Edge and, and Tails, it arguably, even with those three, is the most coloring outside the lines and just trip into bizarreness, yet you've got To Be Over that sounds so grounded and beautiful. And with only three songs on the album, I think that song is the one that really shows the, the vast abilities those five guys had because it is just so so different than than the others it's it's fascinating how again you use the word legacy can be created just from an appearance with a band on one album and one tour that's it yeah it's kind of like how when tom brislin toured with yes suddenly his name was on everyone's radar in the Prague sphere and now he's yeah. with kansas you know he's with kansas yeah <laughs> <laughs> just kidding yeah, it's, uh, he's had a fascinating career, Patrick, and um, uh, we'll see if we can get him on. I'm sure there's lots to talk about. Yeah, maybe we'll, we can try to get him on like ahead of Prog Stock, or maybe he'll, he can recap it after. We'll, we'll reach out to him and see yeah. how he's feeling. Um, but on the topic of interviews, we actually have one coming up on Wednesday, the 28th at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, 8 p.m. UK time, and that's with Oliver Wakeman once again. So the keyboard player too. Yep, and we'll yeah. get his take on Patrick. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I guess we could. Um, I don't think we talked to him about Patrick before. Yeah, because I remember. Right. Yeah, I don't think we brought Relayer up in that interview. So I'm curious, like, if he has like any. Uh, well, we'll we'll see what we can squeeze in, but yeah, we'll try to do that and um well also um he had some nice john wetton memories in the 
biography that we read so we'll touch on that i'm yeah, sure that was great and he has the summer's end festival coming up also in october around the same time as Prague stock i think but it's in england so mm. we'll talk about that and a couple other things and yeah it'll be great so yeah awesome folks thanks for following what we do um oh can you read that from david Watkinson, please it's too small for me oh so uh dave Watkinson says guys there's a new live link for trading boundaries it is a 20 pounds sign up they're doing gigs at as an experiment building up to that major event on august 3rd so that'll be the john wetton event which is the same day as yes started um i i think he means that august 3rd is the anniversary of yes's first gig but yeah i noticed that as well uh, so Dave continues, maybe just a coincidence. Check out Trading Boundaries. Everyone sign up. So yeah, cool. Um, awesome. People definitely check out Trading Boundaries. Yeah. Um, Thanks, I Dave. saw them display um, Roger Dean's stuff before that Close to the Edge 50th anniversary concert last year. And again, I meant to do some more work on that video this week, but some stuff came up. But people, I promise I'll get back into editing it after this weekend. Um, I'm going to be spending time with my mom. Uh, For her birthday. So, yeah, cool. uh, birthday weekend. So, but yeah, after that, I'll get back into it. So thank you all for your patience. Yeah, you, you folks are going to love it. It's going to be great. Um, worth the wait for sure. No one's ever done anything like this that I've ever seen. So I'm really proud of it and it's not even done. Right. I'm really so, proud of it. I haven't even seen it. <laughs> but I was there when we filmed it. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah, I've had a little input here and there, but that's Steve's baby. Um, I'm sure it's going to be wonderful. Can't wait to see it. So, folks, thanks for following what we do here on Yes Shift. You can follow us at www.facebook.com slash Yes Shift. You can follow us on YouTube at www.youtube.com slash at Yes Shift. You can also, if you want audio only, but you'll lose all the fun visuals we show. But if you're a podcast <laughs> listener, anchor.fm slash yes shift. And there is a donate button there. Just saying. Um, and you can write us, right, Steve? They can yeah. actually like write in. Yeah, send like us stuff. get pen and paper and send it to our PO. But no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you can email us at yesshiftpodcast at gmail.com. Send us feedback, suggestions. Um, and yeah, it's always great to be in touch with everyone. Yeah, so. we have used fan suggestions for shows, and we have a list still of about, and it's ever growing. I'd say there's still 12 things on our list we haven't done yet. Yeah, I'd have to look at it again, but there's definitely a backlog, so very exciting. Yeah, and we're always open to new ideas, so feel free to let us know what you think. Um, and we'll we'll see you soon. We'll see you again soon. Today. No, <laughs> soon. The we'll see you again today if you're following Drum Talk TV because I'm going to interview Gary Peterson of the Guess Who, who just had a birthday a couple of weeks ago. I think he's 78. Uh, we'll we'll check. But legendary band again that's also been around forever. So we'll get with Gary with two R's, and we'll see you then. Like Steve said, on the 26th we got Oliver Wakeman. Lots of other things in the queue. We're just allowing people to pick the date. So we're getting really revved up for more interviews. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Everyone.